It's unnecessary roughness. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs near corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders! An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner for the Raiders lead with 10 seconds to go before halftime. All I can say, Jason, is wow. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, broadcasting all the way live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. My man Ari behind the wheels of steel. Of course, I'm right across the board from him in the friendly combines of the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. We definitely appreciate them for their consistent support here of not only Raider Nation Radio 920, but of course, Unnecessary Roughness. So we got a lot to get to coming up on uh, on today's show, coming off the heels of JT The Brick Show as he continues to do a hell of a job putting together the all-time Raiders team. Again, this is something that if you have not tuned in for it, you need to. I'm going to continue to uh, promote it each and every day that we take the airways because, again, it's yeoman's work. And the reason why it's yeoman's work is because there's so many options out there. I mean, the good thing about the story history of the Raiders, and, of course, it's definitely back-heavy, right? I mean, there hasn't been as much as as far as current players go. Uh, I know Max Crosby's been added into the, the conversation JT had yesterday. I thought that was really uh, a good addition and, and a guy that we've been talking about quite a bit here on the show that is, I believe, going to be really, really good when it's all said and done and has an opportunity to be great when it's all said and done. But the fact that there are so many players that are worthy of a spot on this team, and you can't put everybody there. Right. I mean, it's, it's like the top five list or the, you know, the uh, the Mount, the Mount Rushmore. It's like there's only so many spots. Right. Even all star teams like there's only so many spots. You know, I mean, there's there's always going to be a, a player or two or a person or two who feels like that they're not getting the the the, the proper, uh, you know, do and the proper uh, recognition. But there's only so many spots. So for JT to be able to go through all these different players through the course of different eras and different years and do different Super Bowl winning teams and, you know, to do that and, of course, get your help as well, get your assistance and your feedback on the Raider Nation listener line, of course, the don'tbebroke.com text line as well, I just think it's awesome. So uh, I was telling him in the hallway when he was passing, I said, man, uh, that's a hell of a job. And he was talking about Chester McLaughlin and how uh, how much – really he brought to the table and I think that a lot of Raider Nation didn't really realize how much he brought to the table but you know that's just one of the names that has popped up many times while he's putting this list together uh, we brought up Derek Burgess yesterday and I, I, I cracked up just thinking about Derek Burgess and you know there's obviously other names that have come up quite a bit and it's just it, I think it's a, a hell of a job so make sure uh, if you want to tune in you need to tune in to find out the the ultimate Raiders team, the, the best Raiders team put together. He's, I mean, he's going through every single position, and he's going too deep. So there you go. So the Raiders in their history uh, in the NFL have all those players that can fill those and then some. So, again, make sure you're tuning in, JT, to check that out. Noon to 2 right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming up on Unnecessary Roughness at 2.30, our normal Monday guest, Ed Graney from the RJ, and, of course, our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. He's on the press box. He'll join us to talk all things Raiders at 2.30, and he'll also talk a little Wemby. He's been on a Summer League watch, as most of the city has been on Summer League watch, and, of course, Wemby watch that got shut down by the San Antonio Spurs after the game that he played on Sunday. They said, okay, 
that's enough. Don't really need to, you know, go any further with him. Uh, we kind of know what we got in him. And so they're, they're satisfied with what they saw after two games. But we'll catch up with Ed. Normally, like I said, he catches up with us on Monday, but he was off yesterday from the press box on ESPN Las Vegas. So we decided to go ahead and give him the day off uh, as a guest as well. But we knew we'd catch up with them today. So Ed Graney at 2.30, of course, on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock. We always have the great John McClain, the Hall of Famer for Sports Radio 610 in Houston. And I feel like it's been a month since I've talked to John McClain. I went on vacation, and I didn't talk to him. I left on a Tuesday. My vacation ended on a Tuesday, so I didn't get to talk to him the following week. Then it was the 4th of July weekend, and normally he plays. He has a softball game that he plays in Waco right there at Baylor University, and it's awesome. And I played in it for multiple years, right? He always invited me to be a, a, a guest on his team, and we played, and it was one of my favorite events every year. Well, obviously, since I've moved – I haven't had an opportunity to play, but I keep saying one of these years, 4th of July weekend, I'm going to fly back to, to Waco and I'm going to go to Baylor on the 4th of July weekend and play that softball game. So it's funny when the 4th of July weekend happened, I remember hitting John and saying, hey, we're off on the 4th, which is a what? Tuesday. So can you join us in either Monday or Wednesday? And he said, well, Q, I'm on vacation. So there was three weeks that went by without me talking to John McClain. So, I mean, literally it's been four weeks Today will be four weeks since the last time we talked. So it'll be great to catch up with John McClain, Sports Radio 610, one of my favorite guests that we have each and every week here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We'll catch up with him coming up at 3 o'clock. Then, 3.30, we're going to make a little bit of a twist. Rob Ford, he's the uh, co-director of Goliath, and Goliath is a movie about Wilt Chamberlain. As a matter of fact, the screening is coming up on Thursday. I'll be going to that. Uh, Rachel Nichols, longtime uh, ESPN NBA host, she'll be kind of narrating it. There'll be other people like Kevin Garnett and multiple others uh, going to be at this event talking about Wilt Chamberlain. So uh, Rob Ford's going to join us at 3.30 just to talk about the whole the, the, the movie uh, Goliath. Again, Showtime Sports presents Goliath, the complete story of Wilt Chamberlain. The three-part documentary series debuts on Friday, July 14th. So uh, the, the screening will be on the 13th. I'll be there to check it out. We'll have Rachel Nichols uh, as Ari's hooked that up. She'll be on the show here on what, Ari? Thursday is when she's scheduled to be on the show with us? Yes, sir. Thursday what time? Three o'clock? Is it? I think three? I believe it is three. Okay, yes. it, man. Sometimes my days, my, my days get going, and I don't know if it's Tuesday, Wednesday. Sometimes you just got to point me in the right direction and say go. It's my right? job. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> I know you didn't want to babysit, but sometimes you got to nah, do a little bit right. of babysitting. We all do sometimes. It's so, so funny at the Super Bowl. Jared always says, and Jared, you know, he gets going kind of, kind of fast, and you know, when especially when I get at the Super Bowl, and I know it's Radio Row, like I'm go, I'm full throttle. You haven't been there with me yet, so it's full throttle. Like, hair on fire, let's go. From the minute we, we arrive there to the minute we leave, it's go, 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 go. Don't, don't stop. Don't, you know, don't ask no questions. Just go, and, and let's get it done. So I start moving so fast that Jared says, you need to bring a person that could just be the phone guy. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you leave your phone every yep. single time you get up from this table, you walk away from your phone. And he's like, literally, I look, when you walk off, I say, okay, where's Q's phone? And then he says, I find it right there every single time you just walk up. I was like, it's because I see somebody that I need to go try to get as either a guest or I need to talk to for some reason. It's just, again, I get going and it just, it happens. But he, he literally says, you need to have a phone guy just to follow you around. I was like, I can't be that bad where I need a phone guy. But then so time, so many times, more times than not, I look up and I realize I don't have it with me. And what did I do this morning? This morning we're talking about taking some stuff out to the right. trash. And what's the first thing I said to you? You got your phone. <laughs> I need your phone to get in the building because I don't have my phone on me. It's in the office. Yeah, we're all just waiting for someone to get locked out. So that'll be that'll be great. Jared did Where's that already. Q? Jared did <laughs> that already. He got locked out once. In our building, we have 
basically our keys to, to get in the building are, is our phone. So when we first got this, and how long has it been now? About six or eight months? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I did it immediately off top. Like, I did it probably the first day just because I thought, okay, I don't really need my phone to get in, right? This is kind of silly. No, no, it was real. So the first day I'm up here knocking, <laughs> let me in, and, and uh, Lucy sitting at the front desk is like, already? And I was like, well, I just thought I'd test the theory. So that was <laughs> that was the last time I did that. You also need your phone to be charged. That's another thing. Well, that's you forget the one thing for me. I never don't here. have my phone charged, and I always have a charger with me. My battery stinks, so like so I've come here with like two percent. Like oh man, oh, walking yeah. up to the door, that's like oh business. I hope this works. Oh, yeah. Boy. See, I'm always <laughs> my big concern and my big fear, and I shouldn't say it and put it into the universe because it was bound to happen. My big fear is somebody's going to be here one night late running a, a game and they're going to go outside either to smoke or they're going to go outside to throw something in the trash or some reason they're going to leave the building and then leave their phone and whoever's on the other end doing the play-by-play, whether it's T.C. Martin calling the Aces game, if it's uh, you know Russ Langer calling the ESPN, uh, calling a UNLV game, if it's somebody, whatever the case may be, right? Someone's going to walk outside and then all of a sudden that person on the other end is going to be like, hey, are you there? Hey, are you there? And there's no worse feeling as a guy who's been on the other end before than all of a sudden feeling like you're naked. And what I mean by that is that there's nobody there to protect you on the other end. Yep. That is the worst and feeling you, ever. And you can't just be like, hey, anybody there? I mean, right. sometimes you got to. You got to play it off like on nightmare. the air like you know what you're doing. But yep. at the same time, it's just like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's also a problem. So anyway, that's, a, you know. Get you a belt clip. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that, and I'm not, not, not gonna, till sixty, right? I won't. I won't clip it anyway, right? I mean, they yeah, used to give you one real. when you got your phone, and I never ever used that thing. I always thought it looked silly, and a lot of people aging use it. into it, maybe. No, I ain't aging in <laughs> nothing. I got your age joke. Ask John McClain. Ask him if he uses one. He we'll don't use there. one. If he says no, then, then I'll leave you alone. John McClain don't use no. He has no a reason. Clip. It's okay. John McClain, he's got his own swag to him, man. He, he is one of the coolest. He does his own thing. He's got his bucket hat, and he's you know like. Training camp's right around the corner, so uh, he'll talk about all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, we got a loaded show for you today. We also got Cover 3 NFL news and notes coming up at 4. And my guy Jack Bond uh, from ParamountSports.com, we had to play on Mookie Betts in the home run derby. Well, that didn't win, right? Mookie Betts didn't get out of the first round. Unfortunately, he was at plus 1,800. That's really some good value. But a guy who told everyone that he wasn't going to win, well, he wasn't wrong because he did not get out of the first round. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. ends up winning the the home run derby. But I do have a little bit of sound on tonight's all-star game from Jack Bond that we did this morning on Locked on Bet. So we'll share that around 4.30. Plus, we got plenty to get to on the show, including we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. So Egg Randy at 2.30, John McClain at 3, Rob Ford, the Goliath director, coming up at 3.30, cover 3 at 4, and then we'll hear from Jack Bond as well, talking all things All-Star Game as that happens this evening. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So on yesterday's show, we talked about reasons for optimism for the, the Raiders season coming up in 2023 with obviously training camp, first day of practice getting underway on the 26th. And I was very adamant that the offense is going to be fine, right? As long as Jimmy is healthy, the offense is going to be fine. And, you know, it even went to the uh, extent of talking about what Trevor Sycamore from Pro Football Focus said uh, on his piece talking about optimism for all 32 teams. He said Derek Carr is out at quarterback, which some people might see as a good thing, but be careful what you wish for. 
This team still has strong passing weapons of Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, plus Josh Jacobs has become one of the best running backs in the league over the past two seasons. Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady, or the ghost of Rich Cannon at quarterback, the Raiders will have some weapons to distribute the ball to. So I fully believe that the offense is going to be fine. Matter of fact, I think it's going to be better than it was last year. I really do, only because... I, I, with Jimmy G's knowledge of what Josh McDaniels wants to do and with the added weapons that are brought into the mix and even Josh McDaniels in year, year two as the head coach being able to call the plays for players that he is familiar with, knows what they could do, and I don't think it's going to take till week five or six to figure out what the identity of the team is. I think that it'll be a better offensive team. Well, I had a little pushback. My guy, Southern Indiana Raider, actually hit me up. Uh, he sent a text in, and I wanted to share this text with you, and I had a couple questions that I had, but this text said, Hey, Q at Southern Indiana Raider, I wanted to ask a question, and it is this. What are the signs that you see to have the confidence to say the offense is going to be good? I hope that doesn't sound snarky. It's a serious question. I want to look at this and have some confidence as well. We have a quarterback that hasn't stepped on a field in close to a year, hasn't played a complete season for multiple years prior. He also hasn't been above average ever. We have a running back that is locked into a salary battle. He's coming off a career year. I don't anticipate him duplicating it. Maybe the upgrades at wide receiver and the addition of a reliable tight end. Like I said, no disrespect, but tell me what inspires you to have confidence in this offense. Thanks, man. Have a great day, Southern Indiana Raider. And that's a fine text. I don't take that with any disrespect. I don't think it's snarky. I think it's a a valid question. And I don't mind answering it, right? I don't mind answering it. Again, kind of like I alluded to already about what I think is an upgrade. Of course, the big question and the big asterisk is always going to be Jimmy G's health. There's no denying that. If Ari said, oh, you don't have to worry about it, if I said you don't have to worry about it, I'd be blowing smoke up your backside. And I don't, I don't do that, right? I'm not going to do that. That's, that's the harsh reality is it's always going to be and go back to Jimmy G's health. If he's healthy, and just like Southern Indiana Raiders said, look, he's only played a full season once in his career. So the chances of him going all 17 games aren't good. But that's the reality of it. That's who the Raiders quarterback is. That's who they've brought in to be their guy. And that's who they're anticipating being ready on the 26th the first day of practice to go out there and start putting this thing together. So going on to other issues, you know, I think that Jimmy G when healthy is, I think he has played well, you know, do I think he's some great gunslinger? This, that, the other? No, but he's a guy who gets the ball out of his hand quickly. He's a guy who does really well in the red zone. He's a guy that knows how to get the ball to the tight end. And again, he, he's a guy that if healthy, which I hate to always have to say that if healthy, he can win games. Of course, he needs to have a team around him as well. And that's why when I talked about this situation and what I'm optimistic about, I really referred to the defense because of 98. Because I believe Max Crosby is going to do some good things on that defense, and guys are, it's infectious. Guys are going to follow his lead. And, and if that can come together, and of course that's going to be a big question, if it can come together, a lot of pieces, a lot of new pieces there on the defensive side of things, if it could complement that offense, I don't really think that there's too many offenses in the league that you say, yeah, they can't compete with them. I mean, I really don't. I know the Chiefs are high-flying. I saw the Raiders week five compete with them. And that was, you know, that was Derek Carr in Kansas City week five. I saw, the, I saw them run with them. So I don't look at, at the Raiders and say, oh, they're so far behind as far as offensive firepower. They're not. <laughs> you know, they, I mean, first of all, they have the best wide receiver, arguably the best wide receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. They have a guy that some consider the best slot receiver in Hunter Renfro. Jacoby Myers could play on the outside or the slot. They have a running back who just finished leading the league in, in rushing, and yes, he's in a, in a contract dispute right now, but he's got till the 17th to get that taken care of. If not, it'll be a one-year deal. I anticipate him being there. Now, if I'm wrong, okay, that's a different story. I don't uh, anticipate him running, rushing for 1,600 yards like he did in 2022. I don't expect that, no. But I do expect Zamir White to have a little bit more of a presence than he did his, his rookie year. 
And 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 I think that Josh Jacobs is going to still be Josh Jacobs. If you look over the course of his career, it's only been one year so far that he hasn't gone over a thousand yards. So as long as he's there, I'm penciling in about 1,100 yards for him and feeling comfortable saying that, right? He's going to give you about 1,100 yards, maybe a little bit more, and give you probably double-digit touchdowns because that's kind of just what he does, right? He's a dude. He's a hell of a leader, and and he's that guy that gets it done on the field. And with Devontae Adams, it opens up things for him. The box is not loaded for uh, you know trying to stop Josh Jacobs anymore. That's part of the beauty of getting Devontae Adams. Everybody eats. Everybody. If you got an alpha out there, guess what? Your other alphas are going to eat. A guy like Josh Jacobs who's had to run against a loaded box his whole career, all of a sudden that box is a lot lighter when 17's out there because <laughs> you, can't, you can't cheat in. You can't. you got to play it honest. And more likely than not, you got to give help to stop 17 as opposed to stop now number 8. You know, was number 28, but now, now number 8. So – those are the reasons I feel optimistic about the offense. And again, I think Josh McDaniels won't have to wait till week five. I think we know what the offensive line could look like as opposed to rotating bodies all the way up to week five or six or seven or eight or whatever it was. I mean, how many weeks did the, the Raiders offensive line go where it was a rotating door? It was like Ari was playing guard one week. I was playing tackle the other week. Then I moved the guard. Then I'm, I mean, there was, then I was, then I was out the game. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it was. And, and I said on this very show a thousand times, you can't have a rotating door at that offensive line. You've got to have that solidified. Now they do. Now they might upgrade it during training camp. Someone might go in and, and earn that spot and upgrade it, which is fine. But at least they have a base right now. They have something they feel confident in, which I believe in year two, again, like everything else, is going to be better. I'll tell you right now, I was better in year two than I was in year one, right? I mean, and if we're not, what are we doing wrong? And I just mean as individual people. If we don't continue to mature and develop and get better as we get older and get more experienced, then we've got a problem. Then when I sit down with Natalie, my boss, then I got to look at her and be like, my bad. (laughs) I didn't get better. I regressed, (laughs) right? That ain't supposed to happen. If that happens, then, well, we all in trouble. And when I say we all, I mean me. (laughs) Then I got a problem. I've got to get better. Everyone's got to get better. And so I'm assuming in year two, a lot of these guys are going to get better. So that's, again, more confidence and more reasons why I believe the offense is going to be better in 2023. Lots to like. But it all starts with number 10, and he's got to be healthy. So that's always going to be the big question until it's not the question. So with that being said, you know, I'd love to hear from you. You know, do you share my same, same feelings about the offense? Are you concerned about the offense outside of Jimmy G's health? Is there any part of the offense that concerns you outside of Jimmy G's health? That's one question that I want to throw out there to you on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. And then one other question I wanted to throw out there. As we're 15 days away from the first day of practice. We've heard conversations about the potential of the Raiders going out and signing Mike Marcus Peters. We have Vic Tafer on the show. He's mentioned it. Vinny Bonsignor, who's on the morning tailgate, obviously the Review Journal, he's mentioned it before. Feels like that there's a pretty good chance that they go out and sign Marcus Peters. Is there a move that you think that the Raiders could still make between now and the start of training camp that they should make? Should there be a, someone that they trade for? Should they make a trade for a player? Because, look, they're at 91 men right now on the roster. So no matter what they do, and when Josh Jacobs signs his contract, they've got to they've make a roster move as well. Once that gets signed, they're, they're, like I said, they're at 91, but it only counts 90 because they have the international player, so he doesn't count. But he's there. He's present, right? When the teacher is going through the roll call, they yell at his name. He's like, yeah, hey, you're present. But he doesn't count against the 91 or the 90-man roster. He won't count against the practice squad either if he makes it. 
So do you think that there's a move that could still be made that the Raiders could make? Either, like I said, sign a free agent, bring them in. We've heard about Marcus Peters. Or is there a guy out there that you think the Raiders could make a trade for to upgrade the team? Something that you'd like to see them do ahead of training camp that gets started, like I said, the first day. First day of practice is on the 26th. So those are the two questions that I want to throw out there to you, 702-365-9200. And, you know, as far as the offense, I I don't have to go any farther in that conversation. I've already told you how I feel about it. I'm pretty confident. My only hesitancy when it comes to the Raiders' offense is number 10. And as long as he's he's got to be healthy. And, And, again, I never believe, and I don't care what sport you're talking about. Like, I'm a Warrior fan. They just traded for CP3. CP3 is a great player. When? When healthy. Right? Laker fans out there, Anthony Davis is fantastic win, win healthy. Like, like that's the conversation you never want to have. That's why I'm not just I'm not just dogging Jimmy G. It's just there's certain players out there that you have to put that asterisk in all the time. You know, I brought up the 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 point about Sean Lee with the Cowboys back in the day. Oh yeah, the linebacking core is going to be great if Sean Lee's healthy, if Tyron Smith can stay healthy, right? I mean, there's always if healthy. That's never a conversation you want to have. But I'm very confident in the offense being really good. I just and, and, and honestly think they're going to be better than next year. When it comes to offseason moves that they can still make, I saw, and, I, and this is not a Q original idea. This is actually something I saw from uh, my good friend Mo Moten, who uh, does great work for Bleacher Report. Uh, he's with Scott Goldbranson on Silver and Black today. They do great work as well. Uh, definitely appreciate Mo. He put out a thing, a piece today on, uh, on Bleacher Report, eight bold predictions for the 2023 NFL training camp, and one that he had on there that had to do with the Raiders, and I think – that it's something that we've talked about quite a bit. So it's not like it's, it's just something I saw from him and I was like, oh, let me just go ahead and roll with this. But it's something that we've all talked about on the show multiple times. And that was the Ra- Raiders going out and making a move for Patrick Queen, the linebacker from the Ravens. And, and the reason why I think that that would be a good idea, if possible, is the fact that I still think that that linebacking room needs, needs, some, needs some work. Right? I mean, as we had Vic on the show and he was ranking the units – you know, just uh, from the most stable to the least stable on the defensive side of things, linebacking, linebacking room was, was last. So the only hesitation I have with the Raiders going out and making a move for Patrick Queen is he's going to want a contract extension, <laughs> right? And it always goes back to the contract extension, and he's going to look at the money that Roquan Smith just signed for in Baltimore and probably say, yeah, I want, I want De Niro like that. And I'm sorry, Raider Nation, he ain't Roquan Smith. He's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good. He had a really good season last year, probably his best season as a pro. He ain't Roquan Smith. So if there was a move to be made, I would, I would be interested in that. But I, I feel like when you make a move and a guy needs a contract, do it immediately. Just like they did with Devontae Adams. When they traded for Devontae, they signed him to a deal immediately. Don't do like the Texans did when they traded for uh, Laramie Tunsil. And then all of a sudden they, they waited and waited and waited and waited before they signed him to a contract extension. Because then it's like you're stuck. You're stuck in the mud, right? You have this situation where you, met, you gave up this draft capital to go get this guy. Now there's a chance that he might walk and you get nothing. You gave up. It was like a one-year rental. So then you almost have to roll out what he's demanding. So if they're going to make a move like that for a guy like a Patrick Queen who's going to want a contract extension, just get it done immediately. That's how I think it's the cleanest. I think that's the best way to go. So I'm not saying that that's a move that they have to make. But if there was a move that could be made and they could upgrade that linebacking room, I'd be all for it. So, again, I ask you, confidence in the offense? Are you, are, is there any is there any? Any hesitation on your part about the Raiders' offense outside of the health of Jimmy G? And then if there's an offseason move that could be made that you think maybe the Raiders should make before training camp opens up, what would it be? 702-365-9200, dobybroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. All right, who we got up? Raider Scott is up. Raider Scott, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? 
Farrell's, man, what's up, Q? It's this Raiders tie, man. He he couldn't hear me. I had to, I had an old speakerphone. Gotcha. But uh, but look, man, this this my thing, man, with the offense, man. Let let's be realistic here, man. Do you really think? Do you guys out there in Radio Land, Raider Nation? Do you guys really think a team that's on the verge of competing for a Super Bowl, which is the 49ers, and the only weak spot they got on that roster is quarterback, you're going to get rid of a good quarterback. Obviously, Jimmy G is a problem. Well, let me ask you this. Hold on, hold on real quick. Don't go nowhere. Let me ask you this. They went to the Super Bowl with them with a very good team around him. Right, and then they still went out to try to upgrade and, and involve the position and go and get a Trey Lance, which obviously hasn't worked out for him. Look, I mean the the 49ers quarterback situation is Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold right now, so that's not really that's not really glowing reviews. Okay, wait, let, 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 let's backtrack. Okay, because you say they went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. What did he do in that Super Bowl? And if I'm not mistaken, Jimmy G has never thrown a, a touchdown pass in the playoffs. Okay, then did we forget? The game that really got them fired where they didn't want them no more was the the the, uh, the conference championship game against the Cowboys. Did you see them passes when they needed him to come through for the game winning drive? Yeah, okay. I saw. Him. So yeah. I saw him also play in the Super Bowl. I mean, bottom line, I saw him in the Super Bowl where I'd love to see the Raiders play. What about you? Right. Well, oh, most definitely, most definitely. That's my issue, though. That's my issue is the quarterback position, man. Okay. This team, right? Look, I'm still here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, look. Let's let's look at it like this, man. Okay. With this 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 roster, offense the offense is loaded with weapons. Mm-hmm. The only weakness on this offense is the quarterback position. Okay, okay. and now Devontae Adams, right? We got the number one uh, wide receiver in the game, right? He likes the ball thrown to him downfield. How many downfield passes does Jimmy G have over his career? Actually, to, to, actually, hold on real quick to correct you. If you go back and look at what he did with Aaron Rodgers, how many times did Aaron Rodgers just get the ball out of his hand? The deep balls he got last year was really not that often that he had that happen in his career. That was really uh, an outlier. Right. Yeah, you got a point on that one. But look, check this out. I'm gonna end this with this, this right here, man. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but look, you almost made me forget my point. But, uh, <laughs> That's all good. So, look, look here. This is what it all boils down to, basically. Jimmy G cannot go toe-to-toe with no defense to help against Herbert, against Mahomes, and maybe even Russell this season with uh, with, with uh, Sean as a, as a coach. Okay? Oh, and one more thing. I'm going to end it on this. All right. And not only is my issue with the, uh, is the quarterback position on offense, it's also the offensive coordinator, which happens to be the head coach. Okay. Go on, man. All right. Hey, great call. I love it, man. Good, uh, respectful back and forth. I, I appreciate that. And, again, I mentioned – Jimmy G has to have to have a team around him. He's not a guy that's just going to put them on, you know, the team on his on his shoulders and just go toe to toe. You're absolutely right about that. He's got to have a team around him, as he did in San Francisco when he won. But he did one, and I can't take that away from him. My big concern with Jimmy is health. I believe Josh McDaniels knows how to use him. I know that they'll get the ball out of his hand quickly. Again, as long as he's upright and he's still out there available, I think that they'll be fine. But you bring up some valid points, and that's why we throw it out there, and that's why we get your uh, feedback, and we appreciate that. 69187, keyword R&R, so com text line. When we don't have a guest, 702-365-9200, let us know. You know, do, do you have any concerns about the Raiders' offense outside of the health of Jimmy G? And then if there's an offseason move that still could be made by the silver and black, whether it's signing a free agent or maybe even making a trade for a veteran, what do you think it would be, or what should it be? Let us know. Again, always appreciate your feedback. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Let's be honest, this offensive line helped Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing, helped him rack up 93 rushing first downs. I mean, that's pretty solid, so why not run it back? As they also said, continuity and consistency within that group helps a ton because really more than a lot of other position groups, you kind of need that familiarity with each other to go out there and play correctly. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Jesse Merrick. And Eddie Pascal, part of Upon Further Review right there. Of course, Jesse Merrick, part of News 3 LV. And also, you can check him out on the morning tailgate on Mondays. He's a guest, I believe, at 9 a.m. with Clay and Lindsey and Vinny Bonsignor. I believe that's the right time. Pritchard's at 8, and then he's at 9 o'clock. So there you go. So uh, we threw the question out there, and I've gotten some feedback that uh, I really honestly didn't expect to get. But outside of the health of Jimmy G, are you concerned about the Raiders offense? I thought coming into the show that there was no doubt the Raiders offense was going to be uh, really good. And the only big question mark that they were going to have was the health of Jimmy G. But so far, some of the feedback says otherwise. So we throw it out there to you at 69187 keyword R&R. And also we throw the question out there. If there's an offseason move that can be made by the Raiders, whether signing a free agent or even trading for a guy, what would you want it to be? Let us know about it. Join us now on the phone lines from the RJ and, of course, our sister station ESPN Las Vegas is our good friend Ed Grady. And, Ed, before we get into anything Raiders-related, I know that you've been on on uh, Wimby Watch. You've been, as, as most of the world has, you know, Summer League yeah. has been crazy packed. Uh, what, have you, what did you think of Wimby in his two games, uh, Friday and then Sunday? Obviously, he played a lot better on Sunday. Yeah, I thought it made a lot of sense, Q. Um, his first game on Friday, he'd only had two practices with the team, and as he said, over the last month, you know, 50% of what he did had nothing to do with basketball. He came over from France after his season ended. He had the draft. He had, like, a media tour, and he just hadn't played basketball a lot. He hadn't done much at all basketball-wise. So I didn't think it was a shock on Friday night that he didn't look very good uh, on the offensive end. He was okay defensively. He blocked five shots. But, um, yeah, what a difference two days makes. Then he comes back and he shows kind of the skill set that everyone's kind of been in awe of, you know, ever since, you know, people learned about this kid. So not shocked, didn't overreact to the first game, not going to overreact to the second one. I think he's got a long way to go. Um, I think he's in a perfect situation with Greg Popovich because, um, and I said this on the show this morning, is, you know, with with Wimbanyama, it's going to be as much mental as physical, right? I mean, there's going to be so much pressure on the kid. He's going to have three or four straight bad games. Everyone always does in the NBA. And then social media, like the other night, will blow up and say he's overrated and just get on him. And I think Popovich is the perfect coach to kind of tame that. He's worked with so many Hall of Famers to try to bring the kid along mentally as well as physically. Um, He's got to gain weight. He's got to gain strength. That's obvious to everybody. But it's more how is he going to handle the day-to-day pressure of being him. And, you know, it's not a huge market. Um, I'm sure the people in San Antonio will support him. And I just think having Popovich there is going to mean all the difference in the world to the guy. He's seven foot five, and he's not going to play center. So, does he have a position in your mind that he can play? And do you think that that's going to hurt him in the long run? Well, the way he brought the ball up the court the other night, he can play anything. <laughs> I mean, he, uh, I, I've never seen it. I'm trying to think of a guy at that size who dribbles the way he does and gets something out of the court. There was one play where he sprinted the length of the court like he was a guard. You know, received the pass, a long range pass, and then he actually did a fallaway baseline dunk which kind of tells you what his wingspan is when he's mm-hmm. falling away and still can dunk it over somebody. Um, 
So, no, I mean, you know, it's it's old cliche of positionless basketball, and I think he fits right into that. Um, I think, they'll, you know, he's going to play where they feel he's best needed, how much he plays, where he plays. Those are all questions that are going to be fascinating to see as the season gets underway. Do they take him along slowly, you know, or do they just throw him to the fire right away and say, hey, you know, you got to produce. Um, you know, he's he can handle. Um, you know, he's got skills around the basket. And he's a great shot blocker. He's obviously really, really good. It's just going to be, can he handle the strain of 82 games? Uh, after the first game, he said he wasn't in shape. He was tired every time he went to the he went to the uh, bench. Now again, that had a lot to do with not doing a lot of basketball stuff for the last month. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think there's not much he can't do. It's just going to be interesting to see how quickly it comes to him when the season starts. Final question I have on Wemby is just about the expectations, and we all know they're sky high. There was 500 credentials given out for summer league, and you know yeah. there's never 500 credentials given out for summer league. Not 500 people care about summer league. So can he live up to anything close to the expectations that are in front of him right now? It's going to be tough. Uh, Sam Gordon this morning, we, we asked Sam Gordon, like, what's a successful career for him? And Sam started right off with two titles. Um, and those are the expectations of him. You know, I mean, if you look down the road, I mean, I think it'd be very unfair to start talking about LeBron-esque and stuff like that, but with these expectations on the kid, I do think people think a successful career is going to have to include a title or two, um, and I think he's capable of it. Um, you know, he's, he's 19 years old. Um, so, you know, I mean, can he handle the expectations? He's he's very, very mature for his age. I think that has something to do with the European background of him. Uh, he's a very mature kid. Um, very honest, uh, forthright. Um, if he's good, he's good. If he's bad, he's bad. He has no problem saying either. Doesn't make excuses as far as we can tell and, and the times we've been with him in a media room. Um, you know, this is very blunt about his, his progress or his non-progress. So I think that's going to bode him really well in the future, um, that he's not looking for excuses, that he knows when he's, you know, what he has to work on and what he has to do. And then and the expectations take care of themselves. And look, it's also going to be around who's around him. I mean, right. you can't play one on five. Right. So, you know, they've got a young core. I think they only have, if I'm not mistaken, three or four guys over 25 on that team. Mm-hmm. So what they've done is they brought a lot of a young core. Now they throw him into the mix, and I think they just want to grow together. There was a time in the fourth quarter the other night where they had three or four guys on the floor that were returnees or new guys that will probably make the team, and they looked really good playing together. Now, again, you could say it's glorified pickup at Summer League. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, they might have been playing against one or two guys who are ever going to be in the league. But they did look good in the fourth quarter playing together, and I think that's what the Spurs really want to see. It's like Popovich said, he doesn't know, you know, the wins and losses this first year might not matter a lot. It's just getting them playing together for the future. And, uh, you know, Pop just uh, signed a five-year deal that's going to take him to 80 years old right. for $80 million. I don't know if he's going to coach all five years. He might go into the front office in one or two. But I do think the reason he signed it was, uh, was Wimby. I think he wants to coach him. And see what he can get out of him, given how what he's getting, gotten out of you know other Hall of Famers in the past. Yeah, I don't think there was any kind of uh, coincidence that all of a sudden he signed a five-year deal uh, when he had no. all of a sudden when Wimby is part of the mix and and the expectations for Wimby are sky high. Again, we're talking with Ed yep. Graney from the RJ and of course ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. So I did want to ask about the Raiders, and I'm sure you heard the question that we threw out there. Um, do you think that outside of the the health of Jimmy G, there should be some areas of concern for the Raiders? offense well who's the running back um you i'm know, assuming jacobs is going to get something done but that I, might be a big assumption yeah i'm assuming it is him too but when is it when is it him um you know there's two things going into camp that you know I'm, you know i think you and i are both going to focus on and does he show up um if there's a holdout how long is it 
and, you know, does Jimmy G actually have a foot? You know, right. and if he actually has a foot and he's there the first day of training camp, then okay. But if he doesn't and he misses, now we know that it's, you know, it's, it's a lot more serious than maybe they've even let on. Um, because they, he's had ample time, I think, to get ready and prepared. At least that's the, you know, that's the narrative they gave that they weren't overly concerned. Well, if he's not there on the 26th when you and I are there and he's not out there, then I think, you know, it's, 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 um, uh, fair. Uh, to ask the question, well, look, how serious is this? Right. Um, you know, how how long is this guy going to be out? Uh, so he's got to be the number one concern as the quarterback. And you know, given you know if right now who it's Hoyer and O'Connell, you know, who would who would be on the field on the twenty sixth, um, along with Chase Garbers. Uh, so that's the number one concern. But the number two for me is when Josh Jacobs is there. You know, what kind of attitude he has if he for you know if he ultimately is. Uh, signs the tender. I don't. I never like to say force for someone who's going to make ten point three million dollars. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but uh, uh, I think that's you know force me to do that. <laughs> yeah, you can force force you and I to do it, and we wouldn't be talking to each other on the radio. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. Maybe not you. You've got forty two shows to get on. So <laughs> I just got one. Right. <laughs> right. But, you know, um, those are the two main things. I think you know. I'm really excited to see Michael Mayer, um, and I think you know a guy like Austin Hooper can help him a lot. I think the offensive line is going to be going to be better um, with some of the experience it got last year. I know ESPN did rankings, and I think you probably saw this of the offenses and the core. Actually, it wasn't the offenses; the core group along the along the team. They ranked them 17th. They had uh, Jacobs, um, Devontae, uh, Max, Colton Miller, and it was just like the core group of guys of mm-hmm. the stars on the team, and they ranked them 17th. Um, which I thought was fair because uh, you don't know what's going to happen with Jacobs. I thought that was a fair ranking. Yeah. But those are the two things I'm looking at. You know, Jimmy G, uh, when you and I are standing on the sidelines, do we see him out there warming up? And, you know, do we see Josh Jacobs? Now, Ed, if you see Jimmy G out there playing, and you've seen him obviously in his, in his career as a quarterback, what are your overall thoughts on him? Like, if healthy, when healthy, is he a guy that can get it done, especially in a Josh McDaniels offense? Well, you know, I think in a Josh McDaniels offense, he can um, he, if he's got everyone around him. Mm-hmm. I think we know why they signed him and for how long they probably signed him for. Um, you know, you know, I don't know if stopgaps fair um, before they really get a franchise guy, but I do think he's good. He, he's he's taken teams to you know you know high high levels, um, and he was he was surrounded with good players on those teams and good defenses on those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, look they. Given what else they have, and I know you asked the question coming in about what would you do in terms of, you know, would you trade? Would you try to get someone if something happened? Um, given what they have behind them, I think it's really important he's he's healthy and he plays. Yeah, and no. if he does, mm-hmm. then I think offensively they they can be really good. I think offensively they can be, you know, very good actually. Right. I feel the same exact way. And again, it's always going to be the asterisk as long as Jimmy G's healthy. Right. Yep. I mean, it's just yep. that's that's just what it is. And I hate to say it, but that's just what it is. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Necessary Roughness. We spent a, a, a few days now talking about Max Crosby. You know him like I know him. What do you think is next for Max? Like, what do you think he has planned in his mind to try to continue to evolve his game as he's done each and every year? Well, no one works harder. So he's got that going for him. Um, I, I think he, you know, he told us, he's told us in interviews in the past, you know, he takes very few days off. I think he wants, you know, he's in that, he's in that situation now. I think they have four years left on the, he's 20, what is he, 25? Yep. Um, you know, I think he wants to make the playoffs. I think he wants to be on a winning team. I think, you know, if you told him, look, this is a rebuilding atmosphere or, you know, this is an atmosphere where you're going to win seven games in the next two or three years, he wouldn't be happy with that at all. So I think he'll continue to outwork people. 
and he'll continue to get better and better. And I just believe he's probably a guy, you know, who wants to go to the postseason, who wants to play in the playoffs. You know, I was just reading an article on Shohei Otani about, you know, how he's, you know, at the All-Star game has made it a point to say, I want to be on a contender. I want to be on a team that makes the playoffs. Um, I think Max Crosby probably feels the same way. Um, so, you know, he can only control what he can control. Right. Um, and he can only control what he does, and he's one of the best, you know, in the business at his position. So I just think he's going to keep getting better and keep working, you know, outworking people and in his mind hope that the moves are made elsewhere and other people step up elsewhere to where they can be a playoff team. Yeah, and that's exactly what I wanted to end with is is his help, the help around him. They added a lot of players in the offseason, nobody with a huge name that, that has the fan base super pumped up. Do you see no. a guy or two that you think, okay, that's going to be the help right there for Max Crosby that he's going to need? Well, given the question mark on Chandler Jones and who which Chandler Jones are going to get, I mean, Tyree Wilson's one name I think you'd agree with. Yeah. Um, you know, what what is he going to do? Um, I think he's going to, you know, he's he's a big part of it in terms of, you know, helping Max. And, and I think there's actually a couple guys that are returning, and we've talked about these guys on the back end that, you know, and I know there's been injuries with these guys, but I think this is a huge year for Nate Hobbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a huge year for him and what he can be at corner. I think this is a huge year. Um, for Trayvon Morey. Mm-hmm. I just think those two guys, we've talked about those guys a lot, you know, and I know they've had injury issues, but I think those guys back in uh, are are going to be a, play a huge part in how good this defense is. And if they can, you know, play well in the back end and create some turnovers, then it makes life easier on Max Crosby. Yeah, it does. And a lot of these young guys are going to have to come together pretty quickly to, to help that defense complement what the offense potentially could yeah. be as long as they have a healthy Jimmy G. Well, let me say, let me ask, let me end this uh, on a basketball note uh, that, that uh, in season tournament's going to be, uh, the championship is going to be here in Las Vegas. What do you think about that? I know Tyler's a big uh, basketball guy from the press box as well. Uh, what have you guys talked about as far as that in season tournament goes? I mean, we both are fine with it and like it. I mean, at the end of the day, most of the games are regular season games that would be played anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're, you know, adding a lot of games and they're all still going to play 82. Um, I I contend that um, e- e- the crowds at T-Mobile would depend on who the teams are. I mean, let's say LeBron's in it, you'll get a huge crowd. Right. If it's Sacramento against Indy, um, I don't know who's, you know, what kind of crowd you'll get or who would be interested um, I found out this morning, I did not know this, that the Vikings are in town against the Raiders. You know, who knows? Maybe you have some Viking fans who want to get out of Minnesota in December, like Adam Candy said this morning, and they come and watch it. Right. Um, you, you know, you don't know. You don't know how many people are going to be here for the Vikings on the Viking side of things. So I don't mind it. Um, obviously, it's a way to make revenue. It's a way to have some kind of uh, purpose in the scene and during the NFL season. I still don't think it's going to take our eyes away from the NFL. Um, but, you know, I understand why they're doing it. Um, it's kind of like the old soccer format. Yeah. Um, so Bischoff loves that, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind. I'll, 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 I'll pay attention. I'll probably pay attention when they get to the knockout round. Mm-hmm. I can't even believe I'll even know what games are in the regular season games or which part of the tournament unless I read it. Um, but I'll pay, I'll pay attention when you get to the knockout rounds. And you know, these guys make a fortune, most of them. But I'll tell you what, if I'm the 13th guy at the end of the bench and my team wins it and it's a half a million dollars, that's good for me. Yeah. <laughs> each player on the winning team gets a half a million dollars. So there's, there's, believe me, there'll be a few guys on each team who really want to win the thing. Yeah, exactly right, man. Look, you can never really have enough of your salary, right? Especially if you're, like no. you said, the 13th <laughs> exactly. guy at the end of the bench. Also, Ed, I think it's just the NBA's way of, of trying to just creep into Vegas just a little bit more and get yeah. us ready for when there's actually a franchise here. Yeah, when there's an expansion franchise, you're exactly right. Yeah, that's coming sooner rather than later. Well, Ed, fantastic stuff as always. My man, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? 
back at Summer League tomorrow. Um, do one more day at Summer League and then uh, have a little vacation before camp starts. All right. Well, there you go. Well, we'll be looking forward to it, man. 15 days away from the first day of practice, and we'll all be out there. Definitely appreciate you, brother. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Take care. Uh, all right. Bye. There he goes. Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal does a fantastic job, obviously, on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, as well, on Twitter, at Ed Graney. We definitely appreciate him for his time this afternoon. Mike hit us up on Twitter, and then we'll take a break. He said, Q, I'd be careful assuming that McDaniels will improve in year two because he established his system and surrounded himself with his guys. He was 8-8 eight and eight year one in Denver, then 3-8 and eight in year two. I'd argue he has just had time, had more time to poison the waters. That's from Mike, who is not a big Josh McDaniels fan, and he's been that way since day one. It's not like he's all of a sudden, you know, gone one way or whatever or trying to be hot take Mike or anything. I mean, it's just how his feelings are. And, again, we open up the phone lines. We open up the text line. We open up Twitter to give your thoughts. The question that he's responded to was, are there concerns that you have on the Raiders' offense besides the health of Jimmy G? Because I think that's something that everyone has to think about. And then also, if there's a move out there that could be made, either bringing in a veteran free agent maybe even trading for a guy that you think the Raiders should make, what would it be? 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Through the question out there to you at 69187, keyword R&R. It's our com text line. Also, we have the listener line wide open like some old school TV antennas. 702-365-9200. How concerned is there? Is there a level of concern that you have for the Raiders' offense outside the health of Jimmy G? I do not. I think that the offense will be really good as long as number ten is healthy. Bottom point blank, right? I just think that the offense is going to be really good as long as ten is healthy. And I know that that's a big assumption because he hasn't been healthy throughout the course of his career. And then the other question that I threw out there was about acquiring talent before the training camp opens up, which is the first day of practice on the twenty sixth. If there's a veteran out there, we've heard about Marcus Peters and the chance of them signing him. Okay, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in that, but I also realize that the cornerback room is really deep. Really, really deep. So if he gets, gets signed, he's going to slot in as one, one starter. So then you're really seeing a, a competition for about one spot. <laughs> right? And, I mean, I guess competition, com- competition is what you want to see. But, man, I'll tell you, that one spot's going to be tough to fill when you have all these different dudes. But, again, that's what it sounds like. According to, to those that have been guests on the show, including Vinny Bonsignor and Vic Tafer yesterday. So we'll see if it happens. But if there's a move out there that you think the Raiders should make or could make, what would it be? Mo Moten from Bleacher Report, he put out that he thinks that the Raiders will make a move and, and trade with the Baltimore Ravens for Patrick Queen. I would be great with that. I've, I've said it multiple times, and especially when you're looking at the defense, we know that the Raiders' defense has to be better. It has to be a lot better in 2023 if they're going to have a chance. I don't give a damn if Jimmy G's healthy or not. If the defense ain't worth the salt, then the team's not going to be worth the salt. But I'll tell you right now, if Patrick Queen could be added to the mix in the linebacking room, and all of a sudden you got Queen, you got Diablo, right? You got Spillane that you brought in. Masterson was a guy from last year that got some burn. Butler got some burn. Right now, all of a sudden you got some dudes in that room. And I, I felt like for far too long, the Raiders haven't really had some real deal dudes in that linebacker room. Diablo's got a, a lot to prove, but we feel pretty confident that he's got an opportunity to do it, and, and now that he's a little bit bigger, probably stay healthy. He did pretty well last year until he got injured. I would, I would welcome a move for Patrick Queen, but the only thing with that is he, he needs a contract extension, and they'd have to figure that out, and I'd hope they figure that out before, you know, too, you know, before they get too far down the, the, down the road 
with one Patrick Queen. So we want to hear from you. 69187, keyword r and text line. That is that, 702-365-9200 when we don't have a guest. But coming up next, kicking off hour number two of the show is our favorite guest, at least my favorite guest, John McClain from Sports Radio 610 in Houston. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.